Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Well, we're going to look at a couple of the stories you may have missed during last night's primary elections. We've talked about some of the Republicans that won, some that lost. Why I don't think endorsements are the answer to any political campaign problem. And I don't think they produce a lot of wins in the end. They're uh, more bluster and hype than they are substance. And interesting to look at uh, the Democrats' night last night. Uh, it was also really interesting to me uh, to really look at how progressives did uh, in their pursuit. So uh, we often hear in the state of Utah, you kind of have the uh, part of the Republican Party, and then you have kind of the establishment part of the party, the the more centrist uh, positioning. And the same holds true on the Democratic side of the aisle. There are the progressives, the far left portion of the party. And there's those that are kind of more that mainstream center left, uh, kind of the exta- establishment portion of the program. Uh, and there wasn't a lot of talk about that last night, but I think it's really interesting because there are lessons there, uh, again, across the political spectrum uh, from what progressives did and did not do and where the centrists uh, fared a little bit better. Uh, some of the progressives got uh, got pummeled in uh, in a number of states. And so, again, the question comes back to not who endorsed you, but what was the message and did it resonate and did voters actually show up to cast the vote? So what do we learn from all of that? So I want to start back in Pennsylvania. Of course, there was a lot of uh, bluster around what is continuing to go on on the Republican side in the Senate race in Pennsylvania. But we also need to remember uh, that there was a Democratic primary uh, for Senate in the state of Pennsylvania. And John Fetterman, who is the state's current lieutenant governor, uh, who is uh, just an extraordinary, interesting uh, kind of politician, uh, shows up everywhere in a hoodie and uh, his shorts. And he has many progressive positions. Uh, he was the front runner in the race for sure. But really interesting. Uh, I want you to listen to his recent campaign ad. This was kind of his closeout campaign ad before the election began last night. Also, remember, he had a stroke and a pacemaker installed and won a primary, uh, all in about 36 hours. Uh, Not very many people can make that claim. John Fetterman can clearly do that. But I want you to listen. I want you to listen uh, to his final closeout campaign ad. Uh, We'll break it down in terms of what it means and what it sounds very familiar to. There's a lot of great towns in Pennsylvania that feel like their community's best days were a generation ago. No one deserves to be abandoned. All these communities deserve to be helped. He runs for lieutenant governor, reformed the office, got rid of the LG's mansion, saved taxpayers' dollars. He's a different kind of character, I'll tell you. A Democrat with backbone. 
does the right thing, no matter what. Never taking a single person for granted. Never taking a single place for granted. So very interesting. Uh, Sounded a lot like uh, a certain former president. A very populist sounding message there. And so the wraparound is always so interesting to me. So you get those on the far left and the far right, and often there's this wraparound factor where they kind of sound the same. And we we saw that play out last night. Uh, also interesting, uh, Democratic congressional candidate uh, Jessica Cisneros, uh, she was endorsed by Senator Elizabeth Warren, uh, running against Representative uh, Henry uh, Seller in the Texas primary, which is next week. Uh, the polling shows she's the front runner. Here's part of her campaign ad. South Texas deserves a representative that's going to fight for our dreams as hard as we do. For Medicare for all, so families don't have to go to Mexico to afford basic health care. For immigrants' rights, because we don't want a wall or policies that tear our South Texas community apart. For reproductive health care, porque nuestras mamás, nuestras hijas, nuestras hermanas, our friends and family deserve freedom, dignity, and respect. I'm not taking a dime of corporate money. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so the PAC money has become a really interesting thing in the Democratic primaries across the country. Uh, another one uh, who claims she's running up against kind of the super PAC fighting uh, against her is Andrea Salinas. Uh, she's a progressive candidate uh, running in Oregon. Uh, she was also endorsed by Senator Elizabeth Warren. Here's her campa- campaign ad. Dad started working the fields. Then Vietnam was his path to citizenship and a better life. He taught me, you fight for your kids. I'm Andrea Salinas. Now I'm building a better future for my daughter's generation. That's why I passed the country's strongest reproductive rights law, stood up to drug companies to lower costs, and took on polluters to combat climate change. I approve this message because in Congress, I'll fight for a stronger future for Oregon. Now, Bernie Sanders uh, tweeted out today uh, after a progressive candidate, Anita Alam, lost her run for Congress in North Carolina. Uh, he, of course, was congrat- congratulatory uh, torture for a, a good effort. Uh, but it was interesting. Bernie Sanders said uh, that she won the most populous county in the district. So that was a positive, he said. Uh, also called out the super PAC, uh, said there was a super PAC. Now, again, this would be a Democratic super PAC dumping $4 million into the district against her. Uh, She built a powerful grassroots movement. Her future is bright. Uh, Again, that was a tweet from Bernie Sanders. So you can see these battles on the left and on the right, uh, the far left and the far right, and then the more establishment left and right uh, is where the battles are just very interesting. And as we move out of primary season and into the general election season, then everything starts to shift just a little bit. Uh, One of the really interesting challenges, I think, and one that was noted uh, within the Democratic Party last night uh, was this idea that that the Democrats are chewing people up. 
that we're creating bitterness inside the party, and that's going to linger. It's going to linger inside Congress, and it's going to linger into the presidential campaign of 2024. That was Bernie Sanders uh, talking about that. Uh, And so, again, it's so interesting to see that uh, on the left, as well as we have seen it on the right, uh, that there is this battle uh, between kind of the establishment, the parties, where they are, uh, where the more progressive and the more conservative wings of of those parties are, uh, and the battles that they have internally during these primary runs. Uh, and so it's always uh, fascinating to me to see how that plays out, to see how the positioning is, to see how much money gets spent. Uh, and so, again, just looking at North Carolina, if you just look at the Senate race there, we know Club for Growth dumped in over $3 million. Uh, for Ted Budd and his victory last night in the Senate race. And then you've got uh, $4 million plus going into a Democratic primary primary uh, in North Carolina as well. So it's really interesting. The, the dollars are certainly flowing and heating up, and the campaign rhetoric, I'm sure, will continue. I just hope we can get to vision, we can get to actual plans uh, and things that we can hold people accountable for, because that's the key to this whole thing. Uh, it's not about how many TV spots you can you can run or how many ads you can place on social media. Uh, we have to get it to a different kind of conversation. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.